you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. You Have you heard? Sorry. Sorry. What? Maybe what? Have you heard it's election day? It's uh, hardly been in the news. Also. Yeah, I, I, so. I realized waking up is like a big surprise. I've been given that low information voters are one of the difficulties our country is currently having. I'm hoping that out of my 2,000 plus friends on Facebook, if I post helpful resources like Judge for Yourself, where it gives ratings of all the various different judges for all the Ohio races, at least, Supreme Court of Appeals, Juvenile Division, all that kind of stuff, there really is a past track record that various different ratings places have kept track of. And it's the judges and it's the attorneys and it's newspapers and bar associations and everything. And judges are one of those tricky races where you really shouldn't be deciding races on partisanship. It really should be what quality they have as a judge, (laughs) but also on the ballot that they don't list any of that information, not quality, but not affiliation either. And nowadays with any number of judges having become really partisan in some of their decisions, it's okay to know what's going on. So this is a great resource for on, on two little pages, front and back, you can print it off. It has all the ones that have been endorsed, rated excellent, rated unsatisfactory, which ones refused to even give information to this rating source, which to me is a huge red flag. You know what I mean? So we will, Colleen and I will both be going in, and we've done this many years, ever since I got to Ohio and found out that Ohio had this resource. I don't remember Illinois having this or California, where I've lived in the past. It's very handy. And I know I'm jumping in deep, but many people are aware of the big races. Who's going for senators and representatives and secretaries of state? But there's all kinds of what they call down-ballot races where there's data. You can find out, like for a school board member, whether they voted for science or not. And maybe you'd want that. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Of, and for like that, every community has like places sometimes judges are appointed instead of elected. But if you've got elected officials, you really should exercise your right to vote and keep the good ones and throw out the bad ones. You know what I mean? I I tell this story every time we have these kinds of things. Greylord, if you remember, 40 years ago, a huge scandal in Illinois where they did investigations into all kinds of judges around the state and how many of them were on the take, that they really were regularly accepting bribes and justice was for sale and that they were so much not doing the job of a judge. They revealed all this stuff for months before the election. And if I remember correctly, about two-thirds of those judges got reelected anyway. Because in some places, and I think Cleveland kind of mirrors that, I think a lot of people have shared this with me. It's not my supposition. What do you do if you don't have any information when you go in? I vote for all men or all women. I vote for my ethnicity. I vote for, hey, who's the Italian or the Irish? Or the, oh, no, that name is too foreign sounding. Or if there, it's too. Or, or I, I know they're Republicans, so I'll vote for them. And I, it doesn't matter what their policies are. It, that's my disenfranchised 
feelings with the whole election system is honestly, how much is it making a We've had 40, 50, 60 years now, 80, 100 of people voting. People, these are the problems these people need gotten rid of. But every two years, it's the same thing. Every four years, these people suck. We need to get rid of them. We need to get rid of them. We need to fix the problem. Fix. Right. We haven't fixed a problem. We, yeah, we, not, not my guy. That's, yeah. that's what I often see this expressed is, oh, we got to get rid of all this corruption and all those incompetence. But I go to a picnic with this guy, and I know he's a family friend. And in he goes, even if, and we've had, I don't have to just quote Illinois, we had our share of county executive, all kinds of people that were really seemed to be not seen, found by law to be guilty of corruption, of bribery, of point, not fulfilling the duties of their office in the worst ways. And yet they don't seem to go away. They take two or four years off and then they come back and try again because at least they have name recognition. And that's a weird thing is just, at least I've heard of this guy instead of, I don't know, is there a, is it really that? Is this only going to be a popularity contest instead of a, a competence, a meritocracy contest? I so much want that to be the case. So that's why I try to do my resource, my, my research and bring my resources with me. And at least I know that I tried to make a good choice. There have been times when, especially like these midterm elections, they really underreport, underplay all the things that are going to be on the ballot. And so I, I just discovered you know, there's two big here in Ohio referenda that are on the ballot for amending the state constitution. And one has to do with voting rights and one has to do with setting bail. And when you, of course, there's multiple resources like Ballotopedia where they let you not just see what does the thing say, but what the analysis of who supported this and why, who opposed it and why, what are the future ramifications of this and why. And so in some cases, it's, wow, it's a good idea to have only citizens have the right to vote. But what it's about also is that as you start to then put all the qualifications that we sometimes do on the word citizen, now you don't have the word every, you have only, and it's become a restrictive instead of an open thing. And then immediately the machinations start with, do you have poll taxes? Do you have an education level? Do you have the right color or flavor? And I wish to God I was making those up, but those are the kinds of things that have been used since the Civil War to try to disenfranchise people, Black people, women people people, people, you know what I mean? They're very much a citizen. They're very much a human being. And same with the setting of bail. It's much about separation of powers that there's one of the reasons the United States has been relatively successful, a 250 year old experiment is because there's a checks and balances system that between the legislative, the executive and the judicial, they all operate so that nobody can run wild. And sometimes what you'll see is like this thing of take away from the Ohio Supreme Court the right to set bail. And you'd think that things having to do with courts and how those are operated would stay with the judiciary. But that's what the legislature is now trying to do is set, we're the ones that decide this. And so it, if you, it's framed, of course, that it's about, and it matters of public safety, we can't have, we have to have bail set by a an expectation of the possibility of harm. And, but there's nothing in there about, well, how do you set that? Is it a preponderance of evidence? Is it an individual judge that thinks that? It, it, and will there be mandatory sentencing, which has been proven to not work because you don't give 
the competent people that you've charged with doing that job, you don't give them the leeway to say, well, there's mitigating circumstances. There's a lot of information here. It's not just a series of checkboxes. And so I'm saddened by, these are things like amending the constitution. That's a big deal. That's not, hey, are we going to vote to have our schools get three more mills, little bits of money for each taxpayer? It's That's then like what the judges have to enforce because now that's the law of the land. They can't, any legislative thing is they can pass things as to whether it's constitutional. If you amend the constitution, then they don't have that anymore, that ability to say that's bad law. And from some of the earmarks of this, it's solving a problem that doesn't exist, but they want to have more power. It's creating an alarmist or the only way, not the only way in which this would be used is to have bad people have higher bail set, but I'm just going to declare that this guy a menace to society, and now you name it. Poor people, black people, Democrat people are all having bail set unfairly. And unfortunately, the reason I again say those things is not because I'm paranoid. It's because almost any bail setting, voter restricting, all the laws that purport to make society safer and more American there's so much about suppressing the poor, suppressing like who's really impacted by that the most, the people who can't take off of work to vote. Well, that's why we don't have a national voting holiday. The people that, why don't we have motor voter laws? Why don't we have all those things are, instead of making the big choice as to what do we really think is a citizen and how are they allowed to vote? It's all the ways in which you start to chip away at, you name it, voting rights, abortion rights, economic rights. So, it's funny. We, it, I think that this is geekery in terms of it isn't political. It's looking at what's happened in the past and how often we've had, I mean, you and I have talked about this, every time they, what did they last do to amend the Constitution of Ohio? How important was it that we would amend our Constitution? Ah, legalized gambling. Remember this? And they had all kinds of, don't worry, it's going to pay for itself. It's going to give jobs in these various different areas. We'll limit the number of casinos that are allowed. But then as you look into it, it's, wow, there sure are sweetheart deals going on that who's the money that's sponsoring this getting on? It's, and I don't, I think it was MGM Grand. I think it was the big gambling combines. And the people that were very much in support of these bills were funny, getting a free swimming pool out of it or whatever else it might be. And wow, changing the constitution so that you could have a money printing machine <laughs> in your home district, et cetera, et cetera. That just seemed, and the amount of disinformation, if I remember right, the last yes. time you coincided with the Olympics and how many advertisements on the Olympics were neither side saying, here's what it's really about. And the real numbers and the real history of where it's worked or not worked in Atlantic city and Chicago and riverboat gambling and all the kind of stuff. It was ridiculous levels of disinformation. And what you just said, it doesn't change. Now that we've discovered that the way to get people to manipulate people is fear and anger and hatred. And it, I am, once again, 2% weirdo, because I already want to say, what's, right. what's the real impact and, of this? What's the economic impact? That, what's the judicial impact? Not, I hate that guy, vote for him, vote him right. against him. Or focus on one issue at a very top level without getting into all the black, gray, black, whites, and grays of what happens with it in the more That's the Roe versus Wade. They, oh, we have a majority, all the Republicans, we can take 
and get rid of that. And yay, we're all, look how great we are. And it, it's what Trump set up is, look, you don't have to give real information. You don't even have to promise anything. You can just give statements that are broad and we're, we saved lives and everything's wonderful with the world. Oh, yay, right. let's vote for it. But right. there's so many more problems and issues with that. Yeah. Uh, this boggles my mind. There's These people can't say things in a vacuum nowadays. There's all kinds of media coverage, network coverage, social media conversation. And yet, as much as those people are shown to be liars, like 18,000 documented lies in statements that Trump made at various different times. And yet, you know, that also, from what they've studied psychologically, once you buy into the bamboozle, once you pick this guy, he can do no wrong. You won't ever say hey. what a, what an incredible well, how he's been misleading you how he's been mis misusing you the and mcconnell had a, a quote recently of the midterm elections there's no reason to put out competing platforms of what we will do if we're elected all it is is a referendum on incumbents and all we have to do is attack attack and get them out of there and we don't have to have any plans and i will volunteer this if you look at how much legislation has been passed in the last 20 years 40 years, the Democrats seem to continue to try to make our country better, make the middle class grow, make everything, economics, voting, et cetera, more fair and more everyone is equal under the law. And the Republican platform has been a series of tax right, uh, tax uh, cuts for the rich and let's go to war. And I'll say those sweeping statements because I'm pretty sure that they're close to accurate. There have been no planks that I've been able to compare between platforms as to Social Security. Is it going to be age 65 or 67 or 70? Is it going to be this much money or not? Is, you know, there's no comparison between alternatives. It's scare tactics as to we're going to scrap it or we're going to keep it. And I, it wasn't always like that. I remember when I first started to vote back in like 76 and 80, and I was just so proud. And I really, back then even, would like, it's worth a couple hours of my time to read direct statements from the various different candidates as to what they are promising they're going to do in office. And I already knew the promise thing was BS. There's all kinds of over-promising, pseudo-lying going on, but at least you had a chance to compare between um, facts and numbers and things where you, it isn't just, how do I work the crowd up? And I doesn't, that sure seems to get less and less, especially nowadays. And I, Keep in mind, and again, if we're going to be making politically broad statements today of all days and that are going to get us crucified, keep in mind, if you look at it, 50% of the people have an IQ less than 100. What yeah, works? Yeah. Exactly. And if you're in politics, all you got to do is appeal to most of those 50% and get them to vote because less of the other 50%. And, you know, you got it. And it's. When the president gets in on a Tuesday and on Thursday, people are saying, oh, damn, the inflation rate's super high and it's Biden's fault. And look, gas prices went up five dollars and it's his fault. Really? You truly believe that? And, so and it just kind of makes you go, you know what? You Everybody is just not worth my time to worry about. And that's a sad thing to get to. But and it does I, boggle my mind how many races. I don't know. I look at what the positions are that we know of. And I would think, wow, like voting for whether you're going to be allowed to vote, like preserving our democracy, shouldn't that be like 90-10? I know that there's a certain number of anarchists and a certain number of fascists and authoritarians, but you'd think that most United States citizens would say, 
I want to continue to be able to vote. That's what my Democratic Republic is about. And yet, so many races are going to be decided like 51-49. Did I vote for authoritarianism? Did I vote for, please put the shackles on? This one vote is going to say, I get no more votes. That's just terrifying to me that people are like, yeah, I'm tired of deciding. Yeah, I'm all that information. It just hurts my head. It's hard to get to that for, again, the last 40 years. How many of these races, like for a known corrupt guy and a known good guy, and yet it was decided 55-45, that how many people still said, I want this guy who has taken money as bribes, screwed around on his wife, never appeared to vote in Congress. He's been doing nothing but, if you will, running for office all the time that he's in office. He is non-productive. He isn't a representative of me. He does nothing. And yet he's 45% of the vote. That is the person that people want is, he's my guy. He's, for, he's my gal for some I, reason. I live in redneck Kentucky version of Ohio. And yeah. there have been some political issues that police, the judges, and there's been some corruption. There have been problems and stuff. But I think of these two examples and these people might say, oh, you're pushing it. But honestly, it's a reflection. Look at rock and rollers. Look at Alice Cooper. Is Alice Cooper wandering around his mansion of a haunted house in makeup? No, he wears a bathrobe. He sits and watches NCIS because he's a persona when he's on stage for everybody. And I think that's what politicians do a lot. And people eat it up because it's simple and easy. And it makes them embrace the celebrity aspect, the acting aspect. And I guess Reagan to thank for that. You know what I mean? He sure looked and sounded good while he said ridiculous things. And yet now we allow for that all the time. I'm worried right next door in Pennsylvania, Fetterman really seems to be a competent guy and his heart's in the right place. And he's got a lot of, he's got a lot going for him, but unfortunately he's going to get Nixon. One of the reasons that Kennedy beat Nixon, if you've read about this is they had the first tele, some of the first televised debates. And Kennedy looked like an army man ready to lead. Nixon looked swarthy and sweaty and untrustworthy. And that's what kept him out of office in 60, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they said FDR wouldn't get... as you just had a stroke like five months ago. Sorry, I didn't... No, no, I didn't know that about Fetterman. But they say FDR wouldn't get elected today. And arguably, he had some of the greatest impact on our country. Absolutely. But just that. And nowadays, it is so much image. And so we'll see whether Mehmet Oz is a very nice-looking, spoken man who also happens to be much a snake oil salesman, but that's what snake oil salesmen look like. They look like someone you can trust while they sell you sea hawthorn for your name, your medical condition. It's just the latest snake oil. And I hope that there'll be enough, in this case, like the working man, the good old boy, the people that won't buy into the slick carpetbagger coming in from out of state. He doesn't well, live in Pennsylvania. He has no background in what that state had about it. And yet he's an import, just like they've imported people from various different places. I really didn't like the fact that Hillary Clinton was running for New York. And I'm trying to think who else was in Massachusetts, that they really weren't residents of them for right. a long time. But that was where they thought their kinds of voters would appeal. They mixed and matched. I kind of like it where someone... Like is an odd term because I don't know that I want to be bamboozled by because you grew up here doesn't mean that you really are a competent person. Or if you grew up in right. Southern Ohio, do you really know Northern Ohio or whatever else it might be? So the argument breaks down. 
but there definitely are some things of I I want someone that has some skin in the game. Out of the ten houses that Oz owns, none of them are in Pennsylvania, and so maybe he doesn't have as much. When we had a referendum being passed here in Lakewood for, uh, they're going to take down some buildings and put in a CVS, and we had big city council meetings about what are the impacts, what's the traffic going to be like, what is the streetlights going to be like, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the people that was pushing for it lived right on that street. And he said, the reason that I am in support of this is because I've gotten enough information and assurance from the developers that it isn't going to be that now my kids are in danger because the street is three times as busy. But not that skin in the game matters. I, and the, <laughs> when I judge my investments, one of the best ways to know about whether a company is going for success or not is if, is the founder still there or is the are the founders big shareholders or is it just a professional manager that they care about the stock price, but they don't care about the success of this thing, this right. baby that they've had, the, the creation that they've had. And so I have some of that too, that I don't want carpetbaggers and I don't want bungee bosses, you know, where they swoop in, <laughs> rearrange everything. Thank you, Dilbert. A little bit, a little Dilbert reference. Exactly. Well, we vote today. We did not vote early. We did not vote by mail. There's still something important to us to go over there and check in and show my ID and purple my finger up. Yes, I voted. Other countries, they risk their life to vote. Right. That democracy well, is such a revered thing. That's happened here, like too. A little, not that not, I agree, okay. not as much, right. but we've had more of that type of thing happening than has happened before, which That's is actual threats, actual, right. which no matter whoever is saying, go threaten those people, I'm voting against them. There's no preservation of America with a capital A and a small K that there, if you're trying to tell people that voting is about bullying, about showing up with a gun and intimidation I so much don't want to put the fox in the fucking hen house. Don't belong there. That's not how our country should operate. Exactly. And back uh. a second, you were mentioning the snake oil salesman. It's funny you said all that because I was just talking to somebody yesterday that said something about somebody they had seen. I said, oh, in the paranormal world, that's somebody that's a demon. They're not truly human. They're a demon. And they said, <laughs> what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying... If you went to a paranormal conference and talked to all the people there and it said what you just told me, they'd say that person was a demon. They're like, but they were so nice and stuff. And I'm like, exactly. But they're, if they were a demon, they'd be mean. I'm like, no, if you were a demon. You'd be that, slick that, as cats, not. Yeah. It's so presentable. Exactly. We want to see how this progresses and how this goes with how things seem to be. Just <laughs> go look at Star Wars, look at the Republic, and look what Palpatine did. There are so many parallels to what we, I see with our country and our politics as what Palpatine is doing, that all we need we is one guy that. to have a lightsaber. And we got the, the reason same Star thing. Wars. And oh, I think you froze there for a second. Okay. How much? Yeah, okay. So much of we talk about this that so much speculative fiction, so much science fiction, they aren't only talking about today, they're thinly veiled analogs and metaphors for what's going on today. So when you see a corrupt empire, when you see that, that the rebels aren't the insurrectionists or the terrorists, they're fighting against something that has proceeded. Well, there's a, a curve to everything, and they're down in that inbred, hostile to anything but power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so we get to draw from that what we think is going on. And right. yeah, if you're looking for corruption, you don't have to only have 
the evidence of, wow, a photo of the guy taking money for this. It's all those other factors that say, if a person was corrupt, what would they do? They would indeed suppress information. They wouldn't allow press conferences. They would make sure that the people who are going to try to accuse them of corruption, that they've larded the courts and the police with people who are friendly to them. So they'll be able to get off even if it's found. And how many of those secondary signs when we're doing astronomy, not astrology, and we're saying, how do we know that there's moons orbiting this planet? It's not only because we have direct observation of a tiny black dot that we think is a planet or a moon orbiting a planet. It's, well, because the gravitic disturbance that we see when we do all of our, as precise as we can make the measurements, say, there must be something there, and our best interpretation is that it's this. And so, how many times do I have to say, wow, that's what a corrupt person would do? That's what a <laughs> that's what a Nazi would do. But I mean, I, you know, and after a while, they let the mask slip, and it's like, I just saw them marching with torches. I just saw them saying things that the Nazis said about the blood libel, and we will not be replaced. How, here's, and we talked about this a bit before, too, is it's in the data, geek-wise, that's important to go back. What have they voted? How many times did they promise something but not deliver? And etc. Because that's one of my bigger issues is right now you listen to all those political advertisements and they're always attacking their opponents with one or two things, but it's like ignoring 50 other things and it's always out of context, but it appeals to that low end, not thinking, let me just go vote because, oh my God, I can't believe that person voted to raise the taxes for gasoline. I'm voting them out. Okay. But wait, maybe let's see why they did that. Or if it's true or if it was like the fifth time it got voted for find more info right. that just and exactly. a commercial for politics is not information. As you know, there's a couple sites that for a long time now have been tracking and I, I should be able to, I, like I said, judge for yourself is one about judges. There's one that's follow the money. Maybe it's even called that. And it really does show you somebody has made a joke about, we should have our politicians be like NASCAR drivers, just plastered with all the various different stickers and logos, because that way you can say, who paid for his tires and his engine and his STP and whatever else it might be. And there you can, for sure, if you follow the money, find out who's been in, who's in the pocket of big oil, big tobacco, big pharma, whatever else it might be. And then the ones that are actively passing laws that say, we don't have to track that anymore. We're going to have all kinds of dark money possibilities. We're going to have Citizens United where now corporations are people and we can create these packs and super packs where there's no way of knowing who the donors were, but there's scabillions of dollars flooding in buying all those ads that are all that misleading that you just talked about. And who proposed that legislation? They're the ones that decided we're going to gnaw away at the roots of responsible democracy, of people being, what have you done? And for how long have you been in office? And how much have you accomplished? And what's the best way of knowing what you're going to do in the future by who's bought and paid for you? And things like that. And having said all that, I think that most people, it's they couldn't care less about that information. My my horrible 63-year-old, hang on, live a good life, hope the United States doesn't totally go to hell, is I got 40 years of experience since becoming a voter that says most people are, they couldn't care less. Well, and the uh, thing. The vote is an interruption to them. From, yeah. I gotta watch my show. I got to. It's so, the old sorry um, about the despair, but <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. I agree. It's uh, the old misdirection that magicians always use, that the politicians use. They point to 
uh, and I said this about the Roe versus Wade thing, that was a huge, huge thing that got passed through so very quickly without looking at all the ramifications, all the stuff that it affects. And there's, we're seeing that now. So it almost seems to me, it's like, hey, let's take care of this because we'll get so many people focused and worked up on this. We can go over here and do all these other things and no one will notice. And you see that there time and that again, time. too. You know, yeah, exactly. Whenever there's big things that have to be handled, suddenly it's, once again, fear of immigrants. It's uh, like all the various different, what they call wedge issues, that make sure that they get bandied about so that we can only focus on those things and not what's your real quality as a legislator, what's your real quality as a judge, et cetera, et cetera. I take back what I just said about despair. I really think that because of Roe being overturned, that there's a, an amazing silent majority of women that maybe have not made a point of voting as strongly as they could in the past, and they will say, finally, I have some skin in the game. And please, this isn't meant to be an insult, that you weren't saying that before, but it doesn't take much to finally push us back to, you can't take people's rights away and have them just say, oh, okay, that maybe they will stand up and say, you've pushed too far. Yeah. That when you there's always the pendulum swinging back and forth that we let it get to a certain point and then it gets really bad. And then finally there's a reaction that pushes it back towards whatever that middle is of compromise. And it's the least objectionable to the most people and stuff like that. And clearly there are people that are fanatics that are trying to turn the United States into a very particular vision of white Christian theocracy. And again, sorry if anybody is startled by that because the signs are there. The omens <laughs> are there. The laws that they're concentrating on, the ways that they're doing sneaky things as well as overt things, it's all there. And so are we going to push back? Or are we going to say freedom of religion is only for one religion? That You know what I mean? It can't be that way if we're really going to be a pluralistic, tolerant society. And one of the things I've had problems with, honestly, for the last... 20 years at least is as much as the nasty guys play a big game of hate hate talk about how much they hate something and never let up i think that the way you really persuade people is by saying how good can it be not how bad can it be i think that america is a world of hope and the american dream and i don't want to keep saying what's wrong because then and we jump around all the time guy kawasaki an excellent evangelist for apple in the early days used to talk about how he never talked about the competition. He didn't give them, if you've got an hour to talk to a crowd, you don't give them a minute. You don't give them a second of attention. You talk about what you're evangelizing, what you are excited about and good, and here's how the future is going to look, and you get people to be like energized. And that's what I keep thinking I fail at, is that I can't help but point out, oh my God, here's the latest bad news, another school shooting, another evidence of corruption. But what you have to say is there really are people that are doing good work and keep them in office and vote for them. And I want to emphasize that more, but it sure seems that there's such a flood of negativity that I, some the superhero part of me says crime must be punished. You can't let them get away with that. The Batman part of me is he was, <laughs> there's a great scene where Alfred is like reading a, a story to young Bruce Wayne and he's, and it's a, and Bruce, it kind of, and the criminal was caught and punished, right? And so you can see the depth of his commitment to not letting the evil guys get away with it. And so I'm perpetually torn between 
I don't want to just be Pollyanna and talk about how the world can be a better place. You can make your village a really wonderful place, but if there's a mad dog running around the village, the first thing you have to do is kill that thing and stop him from doing further harm and then get back to the irrigation system. And and we sure are, there's people that now specialize in lighting a thousand fires so that everybody's always in crisis mode, always in panic and fear and hatred and bile mode. And then we have to put through legislation that says, yep, we're going to rebuild our infrastructure. That infrastructure that's been neglected for the last 20 years because we didn't take care of the business of governance. Yeah, that stuff. Finally, someone was adult enough to take care of that and to take care of we can negotiate for drug prices through met. And there there are already people trying to dismantle that. You know what I mean? It's important to point out the good stuff and not let it die the death of a thousand cuts when the bad guys like start attacking it again. My here's my book recommendation then read Michael Crichton's State of Fear. It's not nonfiction, it's not just a fact based thing, but like we've talked about with his writing, he takes facts, he takes theories, he takes all this and puts it into a fiction book and ties it all together with lots of different opinions, viewpoints, and side thinking. And it is exactly about this. Now, it's a made up thing, and I don't think it's gone this far in our world, but essentially, it's a body that's a nonprofit organization that's supposed to help the environment, help the world. We're fighting to do all this, but it's run by a group of lawyers who are trying to make money. And what they do, they have a conference on global climate change or something along those lines. But in the meantime, they are planning this huge uh, setting off this bomb essentially in the ocean. So there's a tidal wave that wipes out the conference and gets everybody in an uproar on here's how bad our world has gotten that while we were having this conference on saving the environment, like had a tidal wave and things are so bad and they're getting rich and powerful through fear. And right. it's just, wow, I don't see that at all as a correlation into our real world. So there's my book recommendation. <laughs> One of the that's often called a false flag operation. And we've actually read about those kinds of things. When there's riots going on in the streets, they start off as protests. And then it's not because the people that are protesting for economic equality or this bad decision, a black guy was killed while in police custody, that can't happen. Um, That instead, people show up at the protest and they are actually for the bad side. The agitators. They are the ones that cause... They fire the first shots. They throw the first trash cans through windows of stores or something like that. And then they slink away and blend back into the crowd because they made a point of dressing and acting and everything like, but they're not there to serve the protest. They're actually there to disrupt it. And how often is that happening everywhere? It's not only here in the United States. Boy, one of the tough, I think I've mentioned this before. I always had a very interesting wonder about when I went to history classes in school, it all seemed to stop at like, World War II. They didn't take you forward through the United States and the recovery from the war, the Marshall Plan and stuff like that. You got to watch Forrest Gump for all that. I get you. Maybe that's it. That's a documentary from what I understand. But (laughs) as you read about that, and what did I know? I knew Mad Magazine lampooning various different things. Yes. You know what I mean? That's how I have my knowledge of the 50s. And indeed, if you look at the people that they regularly made fun of, and you read about them, when you read about Dulles and all the Oh, my God. In, in order to supposedly export democracy to the world, how many 
valid governments he overthrew, how much the CIA was involved in various different operations that were assassinations or political manipulation. And nowadays we make, we should make a lot of, wow, our elections are getting manipulated because the Russians are really good at it, disinformation, bot farms, etc. We're not, <laughs> where do you think they learned that from? Before <laughs> we had social media, we had pamphleteering, we had people arriving at rallies. The United States was really good at dirty tricks and for a long time. And so it's like, how did we get to Vietnam? How did we get to position of there was lots of good things happening post-war, but there were already then snakes in the woodpile and they were doing what they could while everything else was going well. They were, how can I turn this crisis into an opportunity? How can I get in on a system that no one's watching what I'm doing so I can make money, create an operation that's going to reflect badly on my opponents. And I'll just let the wheels of justice, haha, grind them up. We're, we're... So, you know, that's going on now too. There's all kinds of things that, that are false flag. And when it, when they let the mask slip occasionally, the, you'll hear all the what about ism and yeah, but everybody does that ism. And it's, it's not yes, no. It's if that's a policy of you and your cohort, 90% of the time, then it's not the other side does it, the other 10%, and they're equally bad, is that you guys are always the ones to do voter suppression. You guys are always. And the people that carry forward those arguments are like, wow, that's a lie, but you're putting it out there. That's like its own sin. I also have this fantasy, of course, that there are various different circles of hell. and the traitors have one of the deepest ones reserved for them where they really were. It's such a betrayal. I have so much to say about this. I don't mean to keep talking only one of the, one of the crimes that I perpetually find heartbreakingly awful is where it's not just a crime against another person. It's a crime against the entire system. I have been doing investing lately. One of the stories that I had read about was there's LIBOR is the rate based out of London and various different exchanges where they look at what the cost of money is, the future value, the rate for borrowing should be. And then they put that out and all kinds of things are based on the LIBOR rate so that the our capitalist system keeps operating fairly and with full information. And then you find out that there were two guys in the office determining that rate that were regularly doing bad things to withhold information, to put it out only certain places, but then make trades before it was out everywhere. So they were playing that weird little arbitrage is not the right game, but where quickness of information transfer can actually be used to your advantage if you know what it's going to be. And they just thought, here's an opportunity to make money. But they they don't seem to have that idea of, if you muck with the LIBOR rate, the entire world is this thing that we've all built entire systems to be, it's assuredly a good rate based on all the information we have in the market for what the cost of borrowing money should be. And then you find out it's being manipulated. And it's that's such a level of corruption, such a level of not letting the few good things in this world, like how do we vote? And then you find out that voting machines are hackable and that people have actively been working on that. And that it's just gnawing at the roots of Yggdrasil. You know what I mean? Here's the world tree. Everything in the universe is kind of like sheltered by and based on the prosperity of this beautiful thing. And someone says, I'm going to 
see what I can do to wreck it for everyone. It's beyond or, energy. Uh, it's fertile. It's devilish. A it's lot so of it isn't evil. Is the I'm going to wreck it for everyone. It's there's a lot of uh, I can use this to get an advantage. It'll just screw everybody else. But that's fine because I get to be powerful and rich and everything else. I think there's a lot of that uh, in there too. Uh, once again, though, hey, that sounds a lot like Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars for everything. That dark triad of Machiavellianism and non-empathy. And only, let's personify that. Let's make someone the epitome of that. And then most people will say, good Lord, what an evil guy. And others will say, I could use some of his instruction in my own situation because he gets his way. For whatever right. few years he was in power, crushing everybody else's hopes and dreams and wrecking the entire galactic empire, he was the guy in charge. And so that's what they want is they're willing to say, screw everyone, screw billions of other people. I made a little extra money and I got to go out to a nicer dinner. That Wagyu beef is really good. That's yeah. <laughs> Okay. So here, slight change of topic, but very related and similar. My mother likes to watch the news. So I'll catch some news. I try and avoid the news, honestly, because this is the exact reason why, because it's not necessarily news. It's a minute and a half, a quick soundbite to try and rile everybody up because when they're riled up, they'll click or they'll tune in and watch our news station. It Here is that way. Exactly. Yes. That and there way. was an item and, and I, and we discussed this. It's multiple sides. That's a problem. And the same with Roe versus Wade and all this. It is not black and white. It's multiple sides. But people want to get all up in arms and blame somebody else. And it's their fault. And they want the black and white sides without people saying, you know what? Let's fi figure this out. Let's get a solution. I think there's that. So what it was is an autistic boy, young autistic boy, eight years old or so. He escaped during recess and got out of the playground and they didn't notice him until they got back inside and they were at lunch. They're like, where is he? And so they started hunting for him. They called the mother. They called the police. He's gone. We don't know what happened. We need to find him. It was like two hours later, some Samaritan found the kid wandering the streets and led him into another school that was close by. And they found that everything was good. Okay. So we know the kid's safe. Let's move on. Well, immediately the news is saying things like, negligent teachers and school and the mother gets on there. And she goes, Oh, I'm so grateful to that Samaritan because my son would have been kidnapped. If, and I'm like, stop right there. Hold <laughs> on one second. First of all, we are saying, Hey, teachers, we're not going to pay you hardly anything. We want you to take care of 35 kids all at once. But there's this one kid who has special needs that needs special attention and more attention so we're going to give him to you also. And I'm not saying the teachers are to blame. I'm not saying the administration is to blame or the mother. It's a problem that needs resolved better. And she said, normally there's three teachers in that room, but I guess they can't keep enough teachers working. So there wasn't enough teachers to watch. And I'm like, okay, but why is it the teacher's responsibility to pay 80% of their attention to one kid? I'm paying taxes for the school, but I'm paying more of my taxes to help this one mother and kid. And I'm not saying that to be inflammatory and argue. I'm pointing it out. That's the situation. And 
Second of all, lady, quit listening to the news. Just because your kid's wandering the street doesn't mean there's a kidnapper on every corner that goes Probing to the van with kidnappers. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that one news item, there was multiple things that I'm like, and then they just stopped and moved on. And I'm like, let the invest, let the reporter ask better questions rather than, so why weren't you paying attention and let them loose? That's not an investigative question. That's a leading question to get people worked up. But oh, we're done. Move on to the next story because no one's going to click on the solution and the better way of doing it. Nobody cares about that. So our whole politic talk here, that's we blame the news a lot. And that's some of the things because that situation, I don't know what the solution is, but it's not blaming the schools. It's not necessarily throwing more money and teachers at it. It's not necessarily keeping the kid out because that's what you get is your kid's special needs. We can't handle it. Go somewhere else. That's not a solution either. That's right. But it's not something that we need to stand there screaming at each other and being mad and pointing fingers because that won't solve anything. And I and that's our politics talk too. That's what they want. They want the neighbors screaming at each other and pointing fingers and get right. them all worked up. And they put them forth as, don't worry, I will solve that near insolvable problem. And all that does is get them into office where they can do what they want to do, which has very little to do with what they just promised. You know right. what I mean? So people learn to... I talk about this all the time because memetics has been a big thing ever probably 30 years, much longer than the world has had it in <laughs> its, it really was an early thing of this makes a lot of sense. Ideas transfer through society, kind of like a disease does. And you can see <laughs> how they are successful, not because they're good or bad, right or wrong. It's because they're infectious because they are easily transferred. They maintain their integrity from host to host and so forth. And so, a couple of the things that I was very lucky and purposeful about early in doing this was you don't want to like, you can't just let the memes come in and change you. You have to like maybe choose your memes, good or bad, but you can also just inoculate yourself in terms of now that I'm aware that memes are here, that ideas are infectious and sticky, then at least I try to put in places where before just adopting that, before hearing a jingle and then singing it myself or hearing a political slogan and suddenly I like Ike is now in my vocabulary, you just always have in that moment of choice, am I going to adopt this or not? Is what it is truthful, fair, good or not? And have it be that it's that, that their amazing virus-like ability to penetrate your defenses that you get vaxxed. And so I read a book a long ago here, please write this down, everyone, called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And it was about the power of television. And so a lot of what, it hasn't been updated, but of course, nowadays I would update it to perhaps be much more about social media, that it was, not only does Marshall McLuhan talk about it, the medium is the message. It's not only what's being presented on TV, it's the way it's being presented. If you give a minute to a sports score and a minute to a disaster that killed 10,000 people, in your mind, what you're saying, that's about equally important. They gave them each a minute. <laughs> wow, people dying of a gas leak in India is as important as whether the Houston Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies. And the way in which it's talked about, this is happy talk. They always have a little segment of, hey, let's go to the puppy show. And here's the crime statistic. And just by not only what you choose, but what you omit, you, you are training people consistently as to what's important. What, And it really showed, of course, with studies and statistics and science that this is the way any number already of elections are getting affected of 
um, the kinds of things that we see in the newspapers and on television and the way they're presented. So when I go online nowadays, it used to be that I could like scan and get from the headlines enough information to say, do I care about that enough to drill down into it? Nowadays, every seemingly, every single headline is purposefully vague enough that you have to click down because you're not selling information anymore. You're selling the click and the stickiness of going to this particular website and the attention that they can then say to their advertisers, I had that guy's eyes and his mind for 13 seconds instead of 10. And it really is getting down, not an yeah. hour show on television, but those kinds of little bursts. And if you are trying to get good information, I so much want to be able to scan my newspaper, if you will, and 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 have it be my choice, not the clever head writer's choice as to whether I have to follow it in. And now my inoculation is often, because it was written so misleadingly, I'm not going to follow it. I know that it's a trap. I know that they're luring me in. You know what I and here's a couple <laughs> things that are done to make that even worse, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. when they do those headlines for the clicks, they will write four, maybe five headlines and put the different headlines out in different parts of the country or whatever and, and see, see which, which ones one. are more popular so they That's can right. then use that one. <laughs> yeah. And worse yet, now they're taking some of the basic information, but then they're letting an AI artificial intelligence write the article after the story and That's then right. posting it so they get more articles out that more people will click on so it may not even it may be just information gotten from other places and it may be information that's not vetted and it's just clickbait information so the robots are writing from faulty information anyway but that's what a lot of it is there's places online that they've fired so many of their writers just to they use the AI. Automate it. Exactly. That, that's, and uh, boy, that, that is its own. You, you and I know about that because we're working with companies that do that kind of stuff. Right. When I, when I've worked on websites and was, we did AB testing, Google is famous for having one of the first ones to really, we're not going to make a choice as to whether blue or green is the right way. We're going to put on our servers, half blue and half green, and we'll see which one gets, whatever our criteria for success are, more activity, more click-through, more advertising dollars, and we'll go with that. We don't care one way or the other. And opposed to that is branding. You have to have a consistent message and consistent portrayal and stuff like that. But I guess which one of those wins? When I'm always trying to say, I love orange, so everything's going to be orange. And then you find out that, you know, you shouldn't have picked orange because that's more of an alert color than it is a calming color. And then when you want to write a calming story, people are still seeing it as Bam! And I, wow, I'm my, I'm going to do a talk for the monthly gathering here in Cleveland, and I was going to do it for Cincinnati, but I blew it. Cincinnati is when I have tickets to an ELP show, and now I can't go. And we've talked about this kind of stuff before. What it is, it's called drinking from the fire hose. And if this is another one of those. Al, you should write a book. In my lifetime, I'm such an omnivorous guy. I like lots of different things, but I must have been like. 12 when i realized look at this library i'll never get to everything in here how do i choose how do i not read and watch consume crap but 90 percent of everything is crap according to theodore sturgeon who i read early thank you theodore so how do you do that you look for the best sellers i don't know that my public the public taste matches my taste 
You look for the curated versions of things. Who are the knowledgeable people that would have a learned opinion? And then look for that. But there's competing lists. There's, is it the AFI or is it the Oscar winners? Or is it, and, and then you have, how much time do I really have? It isn't only that I want to be only learned and have read the best stuff. I kind of like some things more than others. So I want to have more Star Wars and Palpatine. I like science fiction. And then so I'm going to care about the Hugos and the and Nebulas more than I will the Caldecotts because I'm no longer a child. Well, that, what I'm going to try to do is this talk is going to do this big thing of how do you do that? And me coming in already having been long in the river, here's what I found useful, but it might be that there's new things, that things are the youth of today that's starting on this same journey. What would they care about for how do I find the best stuff? Is it by word of mouth from people whose opinions I trust? Is it just going to YouTube and saying, what's the most popular thing out there? And that way I'm going to get Cosmic Cat. It, and in some cases, popular really might be a good proxy for good. It, in most cases, for me, it's not. Popular is like lowest common denominator instead of the best. The best doesn't always bubble to the top. So I want to go to the Pulitzer Prize winners and the New York Times re re review of books and stuff like that. But then you read a couple of those and goes, wow, these are like heavyweight. They're not what I always want to do at 10 o'clock at night. I need a little escapism. Right. So then yeah. how do I find? And so I know that's, though that sounds a little bit all over the place, it really isn't. Those are the dynamics that I'm going to try to talk about for what do you trust and how are you going to get through it all? And are you going to like, we did the AFI top hundred list and twice version one and version two. And I really feel better for it. I feel I got a good filmic education. and I really saw a whole bunch of people, movies that people talk about. And But have you seen it? Citizen Kane's right. the greatest movie of all time. But all you know is that it's the greatest movie of all time. Have you seen it? And right. I wanted to be able to say, yes, I have. In the same way that I like being a well-traveled person by being all around the United States, 48 out of 50 state capitals so far, I have the opportunity to participate in those conversations about, have you been to the petrified forest? Have you been that kind of stuff? But that's Colleen and I in the United States. You know what? There's a whole world <laughs> outside the United States. And when we're looking at, we want to go on all these next trips because we're going to be in retirement. We'll have a little bit of money and stuff. And yet I got a thousand things to choose from. I got this book that says a thousand things to see before I die. Wow. <laughs> if I got 50 years left, that means I got to go to do the numbers. 200 each year. No, 20 each year. 20 times 50 is a thousand. I'm trying to drop, drop my zeros. Am I really going to make it to 20 each year out of these thousand things? And how do I start to plan those journeys and voyages and drives and all that kind of stuff? And so there's a practical element of there's only so much time, money, well, waking hours in the world. How am I going to make big? One of the things you do as a computer guy is the first choice should make half the solution space. You know what I mean? I want to get to binary search as quickly as possible. So if I just say what I don't care about is cars i don't want to go to any car museum okay 100 things gone and i'm trying to think of what i would do to not only point at the right ones but eliminate the not care ones but then it's like some of the nicest times we've had have been at the spam museum and the right. Museum. museum was like a totally happenstance and yet how cool see this is where it's really geek it up this is where the vr comes in I wouldn't mind seeing that. I'm probably not going to make it. It's not the highest priority, but I can take a half hour in my living room with my VR goggles and visit it and look around and see and get an idea. And hey, it's got to be as good as reality 
if the new goggles from Facebook Meta are fifteen hundred freaking dollars. I, 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 maybe I saw the the amount still fifteen hundred dollars compared to uh, I just we just looked into a world cruise, hundred and fifty five days, visiting like thirty seven different countries, ranging from forty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars, depending on wow what stateroom you're in and excursions and that kind of stuff. And so it's wow. Forty thousand dollars in thirty-seven countries. That's a thousand dollar a country. Could I do that if I did my own planning for airfare and right? And so maybe, but is the cruise thing that means I'm always going to be going to port cities? I like a lot of inland places. So <laughs> see, I can fix that for you. The VR goggles, and you just sit in your bathtub, and you got the same sensation. And you know what? It's funny. Right after we talked about the VR goggles and how much they cost, I heard a news thing about that. They actually, Meta got in bed with Microsoft. Microsoft was a big push and supporter of these new goggles. They really want people really? to use it. Exactly. Yeah. So they were behind a lot of it to tie in their Teams app and Windows and all that. That's part of the reason it's 1500 bucks is because Microsoft is pushing it as a business thing to use the Teams app and they're behind it a lot. So you're probably going to have trouble with Google Meet on it or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, and by the way, I didn't mean to hijack what you said into, oh, let's go on a cruise. Oh, no, so, that's fine. No, the, the VR goggles are a fantastic idea because, for instance, not the VR goggles, but what I've done, I think that's similar is they've had now immersive Van Gogh and yeah. immersive Sistine Chapel. And I really would like to go to the Sistine Chapel. And yet, to go to, I have, and I missed this one. It got into town and left before I could go to it somehow. But like just that, to be able to see with your VR goggles, the looking up and there is God touching Adam, gift of life, and everything else I can think of easily. A hundred things that I'd like to say I did a tour of, name the museum, the, the Louvre. You know, I went to an opera at in Vienna. I It's not only static things like wandering, it's seeing a performance. And they already have that if i'm never going to make it to the passion play in ober Amargau, but they do that as one of those cool fathom events right good theater where you really are immersed in it i could see saying wow 18 bucks to see that that's more than a movie but when am i going to make it right passion play otherwise and i'm getting that idea now i guess is i as long as they can capture the experience enough that it's the right sights and sounds and smells and we don't have smell of vision yet or we did but it didn't work I kind of, I'm willing to entertain that, given that maybe I won't be climbing every mountain. I'm 63 now. But if I can go to Everest virtually, right? hear the wind whipping around, and are they going to cut off my oxygen so that I simulate being thousands and thousands of feet up in the air? I'm curious as to where technology is going to be able to get it so that I could go through the catacombs of Paris or see, I don't know, all over Australia. I want to go to Ayers Rock, Uluru, right? I want to see little wallabies and kangaroos running around. I want to go to the Great Barrier Reef and go scuba diving and have it. I wouldn't mind the simulation. And especially as I've gotten a little bit older and maybe I'm not, uh, I've never scuba dived. Am I really going to take it up at 63? I hope I don't die because I made a mistake. You know what I mean? Right. and, and other things like that. I, I want to go caving in various different cave systems. And in some cases, I still want to do that. I think that's a really cool 
feeling of being in there and the maze aspect of it and stuff like that. But in other cases, I really would like to see what they have in those various different caves where the guy that put on his little GoPro yes. and took his time and was a good enough docent that he talked through and said, these are chrysanthemum flowers made of crystal. And here's the bacon. And here's the... You know. And I know people will say, oh, you should really go do it. Not the VR tech thing. That's blah, 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 blah. Okay. But like you just said, you want to go do some caving. Okay. You go down to Kentucky, Mammoth Cave and go into that and stuff. Great. Now that took what? One of your vacations. That took a week. It took a couple of days, whatever. How many caves can you really get to in a year? And when you do that, now you've missed kayaking. Now you've missed hiking. There's so much time. But if you went to Mammoth Caves, you went in it, you looked at great. But then you had VR goggles. And that next weekend, you could visit 10 different caves. Now, it's that compromise thing in a way. And right now, Steam is having a big VR sale. They've got a lot of three VR programs. And they have a whole series that are really cheap. Visit Africa, visit the pyramids, visit the cathedral and stuff like that. Put on the goggles and it's just a little program. It's like a, a video essentially, but you walk around and yeah. even, even tying into Google Maps with Street View, you can do that on these goggles. You choose where you want to go. We were with somebody who had never worn them before and my cousin was directing them like, oh, I'll click here. And they're like, oh my God, I see pyramids and there's a camel and they're just freaking <laughs> out. And they're like spinning around in the living room and they're like, I'm there, I want to go to the, just click it. Oh my God, I'm at the pyramids. And their senses didn't know the difference in, in the yeah. end. That's yeah. how that works. So yeah. we've talked about this. There's a whole bunch of VR groups like uh, on Facebook and for Mensa that I have not participated in because i'm still at like the cardboard ones that you could get i have never bought a high level pair of vr goggles and i'm not sure why it's one of those is that another thing that's going to take up too much of my time but now in the way that we're talking about it friends just went uh, beth and stan just went to iceland and saw the northern lights they had Ooh. been there one time before and they hadn't seen them and so they, that would be my luck is that we'd go there and then etc etc but they finally saw them and i really do want to see them and i want to hear them because apparently there's a very interesting electric crackle ionizing something going on there and i want it to be cold so that it's like i earned this i walked out into a hostile right. environment where you get the bleed through of solar radiation reflecting on it etc cetera, etc cetera, that you can't just do it from your easy chair you have to go out into it and yet when am i going to get to where boy i don't want to make life without seeing the Northern Lights, but now I really want to see them more than I want to go to them. And that's an odd way to put it. And I are talking about what kinds of things we're going to be doing once we're in retirement, all the trips we want to make. And it really might be that there's some things that I'll get the same satisfaction out of, I don't know, the pyramids are like massive and awe-inspiring. Will I get that with the VR goggles? I think I will, but will I get it without Here? the scent of salt in my nostrils, the, the torturedness of it? You know what I mean? I want the, the great thing is, and, and this is always how I think, just because you have the VR goggles and you visit the pyramids and you're looking at, doesn't mean you really can't go there. <laughs> you know? That's true too. Some it, of those it, things could be, was there, but now I really have to go. Exactly. Really or it could be, okay, yeah. great. I saw that and I'm like, okay, now I don't care as much about going, but I saw it. You know, what if yeah. you did go to the pyramids and you spent months planning it and you were there for two weeks and twenty thousand dollars to get there or whatever and you're like is this it yeah okay it's it's a way up 
also hedging your bets. Yeah, exactly. I only, I only put and, 1500 bucks into the goggles and 40 bucks into the tour. The <laughs> ones I got were only 250 That's dropping the bucket. That's cheaper than my laptop was. So but still, um, you've already had great experiences with that. And that's I've had fun. I, talked about. I, I have talked about how I really wanted to go the AR way, the augmented reality and be able to interact with the real world. But the VR thing of being able, like I said, if I, if I want to go to the Tate Museum, if I want to go to Machu Picchu, I can start naming the places that I really want to go. And if it really is that I get enough from the view and the noise of being at Iguazu Falls, of being in Lechujia Caverns, and I just have so many of these. I, I want to see a lot. Still, the world is a big old place and I want to go to it. And yet, this is another odd thing. I kind of want to go to the Taj Mahal, but all the overhead of, wow, expensive, very crowded, like, bathroom facilities that might not match what I like. Totally, what an idiot to stereotype so boldly. And yet, there really are some places that I know that, even more than me, Colleen is not good in a crowd. And I know that I don't want to go to a place where all it's going to be is crowds and humanity right. and sense and uh, jostling. And I think that it will spoil the experience for us. Whereas if I can do those things, Angkor Wat or Taj Mahal or Mount Fuji in a way that it isn't subjected to some features that I know really will not work for her and maybe not for me. Maybe that's another way to make those determinations is it's not only a matter of price, it's a matter of viability. Kind yeah. Of. You said there was a thousand and 20 a year. That's almost an impossibility with some getting the, so right. you're obviously going to prioritize them. These are the hundred I really want to do. There's 900 more. Right. Even if you didn't have the goggles, you wouldn't be going to. So if you had the goggles, at least you could experience it a bit. I had a friend that just went overseas and he sent me a picture. He says, guess where I'm at? And he says, X marks the spot. And I said, oh my God, you're at the library from Indiana Jones 3. And he sent me a picture and it was, he was standing. From the balcony. Yeah, cool. yeah. And also before I forget and before we get going, did you force yourself to get up and see the lunar eclipse this morning? No, I did not. Was oh. it good? I've seen a couple of them. That's another thing. Once you've seen one, it's kind of like, okay, this looks like the last one. I'm not trying to downplay it. It's awesome that what's happening. I totally get that. But it is hard to be impressed every single time when they all look alike. So yeah, it was cool seeing the moon getting eaten up and it got orange. And But then the sun came up and it disappeared. So Okay. That's, I, it's kind of I, one of the things that I think I had it on my list and then I did not force myself to get up. And, it, and it, it's kind of funny. There's been there's even a little comic strip out there that's here's the celestial event that I can't wait to see, and here's when I always try to see them: the overcast cloud, nothing yes. that I get to see. Colleen and I have tried to see so many meteor showers, so many ecl partial eclipses, whatever else it might be, and been bitterly disappointed. Yeah, and now it's yeah. like not an odds bet anymore. And I could have looked at the weather thing and said, just be clear, really, not partly cloudy, it's supposed to be clear. We should have done it. It, I know uh, that for the next solar eclipse so in 2024, we're going to do Death to the Sun too, the eclipsing, and really get a bunch of people together. We're right in the path of totality, like a whole bunch of the United States. And so for totality and for duration, we're going to get an, one of those amazing things. You're really going to see, wow, the ring of fire around it. And you're going to hold a colander up and see the crescents. And right. I, I was, and it's going to drop 10 degrees like that. Wow, that's. 
spooky stuff. No wonder people back in the olden days were like, oh my God, the wolf <laughs> ate the sun. Right. <laughs> I saw something this week that not many people get to see and doesn't happen very often. And it was a bad thing, but not as bad as it could have been. Early Monday morning or Sunday morning or Friday or whatever. But the over on 44, there was a train derailment and 44 cars jumped the tracks. That's and, a lot. Yes. Wow. And okay. crashed all over the neighborhood and that nobody was hurt at all. There was some property damage and stuff. They were hauling like Jeeps and stuff. They, the, Mostly uh, automated. One guy, two guys. Yeah. The so they came out yeah. and they had to haul those away. I'm sure the insurance already gave I'm sure that's going to be whatever. Yeah. But we drove over there and there's a house with a train car sitting next to it on its side. How often do you see something like a train car in somebody's yard? Picture. It's like one of those post-hurricane things where like they threw a boat through this guy's yes. house or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. It was like, wow. Obviously, if there had been a lot more tragedy, it would have been a little bit like, oh, look what I saw. Yeah, but people died, but nobody died. Nobody really got hurt. Some trucks were hurt. Okay. So it was like, let's go check it out. <laughs> I didn't even see that in the news. So it really was kind of like non-news because human life as compared to property damage. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm assuming, but even that was minimal. The house was like right next to it. And these cars are just lying there. And it's like, wow, it didn't smash through the house. Yeah, yeah. So, there's a wake up. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, All right man. So cool. Okay. We've explored the, the world all over today in politics oh, and everything else. Here we go. We'll have the the Thanksgiving preview next. No, I'm, I'm two weeks. in California next week. Two weeks. Exactly. Okay. So I'll be California. Out of California. Okay. We'll start playing Led Zeppelin for you when you're going to California. Oh, by the way, yeah. you notice where I'm back at? Uh, Star Wars. I see. Exactly. And my background. Yes. That's my old location where I was. Oh, you shifted back to the partial hallway. Okay. Nope. Nope. Oh. It's virtual you made it virtual that's <laughs> hilarious yeah i am not amongst these misty trees by the way just to be clear <laughs> i thought you were i thought you were on a drone or something yeah if you move fast enough you can yeah. see that shimmer unfortunately okay catch you later care, okay bye-bye this has been the relentless geekery podcast if you enjoy our conversation please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and go give us a review give us some likes it would help a lot Check out our website, RelentlessGeekery.com, where we have links to our Facebook page, Join the Conversation, and go check out our YouTube page, where we have the video of this and other episodes. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.